Did y'all have a great day? Awesome. Great. We are already making plans for next year. A special word of thanks to a couple people who just made our day. Uh, first of all, the policemen who were here only had to make five arrests today, so thank you for that. Way to go. And there's a special group of men. I don't know who you are, but I'm dying to meet you. You know who you are. It took you a couple minutes in the small group leader session for girls ministries to figure out you were in the wrong room. But you stayed. You stayed like a champ. All right, if that was you, would you please stand so we can all congratulate you? They might need some encouragement to stand. All right, where are they at? Where are they at? All right, way to go. Way to go. <laughs> and there was something else I was supposed to say. Ugh, I can't. Oh, yeah, my wife. Uh, yes, um, my wife has an announcement. The uh, women's ministries, you can't see it over here, but we've got a, a little post-it note uh, to make sure we make this announcement. You pastors uh, who are men understand what I'm saying. A couple of you today, uh, ladies, I think, stopped by the OMN women's booth, and you picked up some product, and you paid with your credit card, and it was all good, and you did it before lunchtime, which was really smart, because we found out at lunchtime that the Wi-Fi was not working, so none of those credit card transactions went through. Way to go. God is blessing, isn't he? He is just confirming his favor. So apparently we've tracked down all of those women except for two. And so that's on you. Uh, we do have your credit card number. It just didn't get posted yet. So if you uh, bought something this morning before noon at the women's table, if you could head on back there, that would be great. And they can uh, take care of you and have a mutual blessing. All right. Well, speaking of blessing, we have been uh, really honored yesterday and today to have some friends from our national leadership office in Springfield, Missouri. These are friends of Ohio churches and Indiana churches and churches across the nation and really missionaries around the world because multiplied millions of dollars, tens and tens and tens and more than, well, they'll probably tell you because we're celebrating Buddy Barrel's 70th birthday this year. They've been doing this for 20 years and it's a privilege for me to introduce to you Dave and Mary Boyd from our national office where they coordinate boys and girls. It's changed, so I'll let you say that. Welcome, Dave. Welcome, Mary. Well, it's really exciting. It is BGMC and Buddy Barrel's 70th birthday. And so for 70 years, BGMC has been meeting critical needs all around the world for our missionaries. But Ohio is rocking it. In the last five years, Ohio has grown over $100,000 in your giving. The national average is about 33%. Ohio has grown by 110%. Amen. And a part of that is due to Stacy Petty's vision for missions and BGMC in her heart. 
And we recognized her nationally in Branson at our Assemblies of God Leadership Conference. She was recognized for her giving to BGMC. And so thanks for what you do, and thanks for putting your passion in the hearts of your people. You know, Mary, um, the reason we do BGMC isn't the money, believe it or not. It's what happens inside of your kids. We like to teach our kids what it's like to be poor around the world. We tell them there's three ways you can tell if you're poor by the world's standards, and the kids kind of perk up because if you ask them, most of them think they're poor because there's something you won't buy them. <laughs> and we say you're poor if you've never had a bed, a pillow, a blanket. You sleep on the ground, and there's millions of kids every night who sleep on the ground. And you're poor if you've never had a toy. And the kids like go, <gasps> you know, because now you're getting down to where you're serious, you know. And even our poorest kids in America have toys. And then finally, I tell them you're poor if mom has to decide which kid gets to eat today. And there's something that happens in kids when they learn about those that have needs. It's like a God-given seed that you just opened. Because those kids start to pray, and they will pray at home. Parents tell us, the kids are praying. What are you praying about? There's poor people all over the world. I mean, people don't have a bed, Mommy. They don't have a blanket. They're cold at night. You know, it's like it works. It percolates. And they want to pray, and then eventually they want to give. And when they give, we teach them to earn it. Because when they get to be adults, they have to earn it. And so we want to teach them to earn it, to do chores and to make things and sell things and to work because work ethic is missing in our kids. And when that happens, this heart of compassion wells up within them. And the child, now when they're five and six, they're saying, put a quarter in my bank. And when they do, they're like, look what I did, you know, because to them, they did it. They talked you out of it. <laughs> But we especially like it when kids are earning that money and putting it in themselves because now a heart of compassion is deep in their hearts. Mary, you want to close? Well, last year in 2018, BGMC across the nation here received a total of $8.5 million, our highest giving year ever. So that's pretty cruel. And last year was Ohio's giving year ever. Stacy, We gave $193,000, $4.99. And let me tell you, I tried to work for it like the five or six-year-old and brought my little can around and asked, and I just couldn't make the money. So I decided I'm going to empower this next generation to use their cuteness because mine's gone. So in actual reality, I got the opportunity to go to Africa in October and experienced BGMC on the ground level. And let me tell you what happened. I was out in the middle of the bush, and in the middle of the bush, there was no water. But they had a greenhouse from a nonprofit that they built. They can't use the greenhouse. They didn't have water. So these kids are, are, are bringing gallons of water with them two, three hours to school, which the school was ran by an Assembly of God church. And so we're there doing school assemblies, and they don't have any real water, but the rains are coming. And so we call Dave, and we say, hey, Dave, it'll only cost us $5,000 just to put gutters up so then the, they can catch the water. And, and this school will have 
water for the kids not only to eat and drink while they're at the school, but it will actually help this greenhouse, which will help the community. And then they'll look at this, and this is a Jesus-run school, right? So then it will affect way more than just this school. And he goes, okay. That's how this works? I think I have a critical need in my house. <laughs> no, I don't. Not anything like this. But this is what BGMC does. It meets critical needs in the moment. And when we give to BGMC, we affect communities for Jesus. And these guys run this, and I was blessed to be a part of that. And by the time we got on the plane, it was only a 10-day trip. By the time we got on the plane, they already had the materials and started making those gutters. That's what BGMC does. Amen. And don't let it stop there. We believe in speed the light as well, because those are our kids grown up, okay? Keep it going. Excellent, excellent. Thank you, Dave. We're so thankful for all the opportunities we have to encourage and invest and inspire our young people from uh, the cradle all the way to the career, including uh, SAU that's going to bless us again as uh, they come out. What a great, great blessing it is to now have SEU, Ohio Network Campus, uh, fully functioning here in Columbus and blessing churches around the state. And so much more is coming on that. Before we stand and uh, enter into a final worship session for today, I'd like to uh, bring your attention to the video screen. You'll be seeing a video uh, that will show you some images. We're not going to play the volume right now so I can talk, but hopefully you've already heard about the All Things Are Possible campaign that we have courageously launched this year, we believe, because it's what God is calling us to do by His Spirit. So as you're gathering here today, uh, your churches have helped us through this campaign to bless some very special pastors and their families down in the panhandle of Florida. As you uh, watch the news, some of you have relatives and friends, you know what happened a few months ago with Hurricane Michael. The news crews have, of course, long gone, but after the devastation, much hard work remains. And so this weekend, we have pastors from churches down there, 50 of them, 50 churches received damage from Hurricane Michael. 20 of them received serious damage. Five was catastrophic, utterly destroyed, but it doesn't stop there. Eventually, through offerings and insurance, they'll be able to, to get some of that work done, but businesses and military bases have shut down. They're gone. And so these churches not only lost their buildings or damaged, uh, sustained damage, they lost one-third, in some cases one-half or more of their congregation. Those leaders relocated to other states for jobs. What do you do when you're a pastor, when you're a leader of a church like that? How do you pick up the pieces and move on? And so I'm so thankful to be able to say that your generosity is completely underwriting a refresh retreat this weekend. Right now, as we're gathering here, those pastors, their wives, their husbands, their families are all being ministered to because they have been traumatized by their world getting turned upside down. And that's just one example of the ways that your generosity is helping us to bless churches and ministers around Ohio and literally around the world. We've already invested this year 
thousands of dollars in pastors and leaders in Africa. We're investing thousands of dollars in Emerge Counseling Center in Akron to help them as they minister to leaders who are hurting, who's, who don't know if their marriage or their ministry is going to hold together. We're blessing Southeastern University, the mothership down in Lakeland, Florida, as they prepare for their, their, their final uh, crowning piece of facilities there on the campus that's going to bless many, many students, the next generation. We're calling this All Things Are Possible because we believe God is calling us to see with his eyes. And part of this campaign is to help our churches. And today we had a session on that very topic. We've got churches who really need to prepare themselves for the Ohio for Jesus and for the results of their prayer and their investment in the communities by acting now to get that children's wing finished, to get that debt resolved and removed, to, to get that new building, to go ahead and, and get that ministry up and running. And so now is the time. We're asking all of our churches to think about what you can do, and many are already doing that, to prepare yourself for the harvest so that when the move comes, you're not left scrambling because now you don't have enough space. And as we do that, we're asking our churches to consider Heartland, uh, where we also need desperately some facilities to keep up with uh, what we have there. You have blessed us 20 years ago, two decades ago, with a tremendous statewide effort to get Heartland up and running. How many of you, raise your hand, you've been to Heartland at least once, if not more, right? You know, you know what it's all about. So what we did 20 years ago is we built more than enough beds, and it's been phenomenal. And we built a kitchen that can feed 2,000 people, and that's phenomenal. And we have a staff that has been directed and grown and groomed to be the finest staff anywhere. We've got all of that in place. What we don't have are meeting spaces. We only have one big meeting space. And so we're constantly, every week, having hundreds of beds and bedrooms sit empty. We're having a kitchen that is underused, a staff that is underutilized because we can't say yes to all the church groups that want to come out there and use our facilities. So during this year and next year, we're getting ready. We know we're going to need to have more retreats and training and prayer rallies, and more churches are going to come away to get prepared and get ready, and Heartland wants to be ready. So over this year and next year, we're seeking to raise $5.5 million as part of this All Things Are Possible campaign, and it kicks off on Sunday, May 5th, 5-5. 5-5-2019. We're asking all of our churches to consider a $55 offering per person, per adult. And for the young people, as we've seen, they know how to give a $5.50 offering. If we will all do that together, we will raise the down payment to get those bulldozers there this summer and get that thing going. But it doesn't stop there. If we raise the $5.5 million by the end of 2020, which is our goal, then Heartland is already prepared to say, one, we're not raising the summer camp rates for our week-long summer youth and kids camps, uh, not only this year and not next year, but for five years after 2020. On top of that, we're going to give every single camper a $55 discount, a scholarship off of their camp registrations for those week-long summer youth and kids camps every year for five years. And on top of that, all of our Heart for Ohio churches that are faithfully giving that 3% every year, 
those campers will also receive an additional $25 for a total of $80 per camper per year for five years. We can do this, and there are a variety of materials. You've seen the video uh, behind me. Today, uh, we have a special gift, and it's the new book by Robert Morris. It's called Beyond Blessed. And we're asking pastors and ministry leaders to make individual commitments uh, beyond the $55 offering, a two-year pledge. It's going to be 18 months, actually. It starts this summer. And they have these back at the table today. I'd encourage you to get this. This is free for every leader in the room who fills out a pledge card and turns it in to help us with all things are possible, to bless these pastors here at home, around the world, hurting ministers, our college students, and get this thing ready at Heartland. If we can help you with your local campaign, we certainly want to do that as well. And we also have, as part of the campaign, a prayer initiative. What are you believing God for? Please fill out this piece of paper at the Heartland table. We're going to celebrate. We're going to pray together, and we're going to celebrate as God moves individually in finances, moves in churches, and accomplishes the vision that he's given us with the provision he longs to supply. So thank you for your prayers and your participation. I'm going to invite you to stand now on your feet, and we're going to enter into worship as our SEU team comes. Let's just thank the Lord for the vision he's been instilling in all of us. He is able, and because he is able, he will supply everything that we need to reach this state for Jesus Christ. Amen. Jesus at the center of it all. Jesus at the center of it all. From beginning
we put you at the center right where you belong we love you Lord hear our words of praise to you let them reach your ears this is all about you we're going to continue to sing about your wonderful name Jesus
Come on. We're gonna, we're gonna sing that one more time. What a beautiful name. Just voices, no instruments. And if you can do it, sing in harmony. And if the Lord is prompting you just to go right into the spirit and pray in your heavenly language, you do that too. Let's fill this room one final time with the praises of the almighty God, the most beautiful name, the powerful name of our Lord. Here we go, Sarah. What a beautiful name it is. What a beautiful name it is. Yes. Come on, you can do it. Raise the rafters. What a beautiful Hallelujah. name it yes. is. Nothing compares Nothing. Nothing. What a beautiful name it is. The name yes. of Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. And now imagine your zip code. Imagine your village, your city, your community joining you in the declaration because the light has come. The light has pierced the darkness and the entire city and the entire state stands together. What a beautiful name it is. What a beautiful name it is. Hallelujah. 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 Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Folks, the Lord is is clearly, clearly speaking to his people. He's, he's doing exactly what he promised. In the last days, he's giving visions and dreams, and he is catching the attention of his people. We're so thankful for the patience and the long-suffering of our God to, to wait till we can hear and we start to hear, and he's being so faithful to pour out vision and words, and we thank God for what he's doing. We thank God for what happened even today, what's going to happen tomorrow in churches across this state as the glory of the Lord shines and as people come to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior and Healer and Redeemer. Amen. Now, before you're seated, I'm not into making oaths and solemn pledges, so I'm not doing that. No, don't tweet about this. But turn to your neighbor and make the best commitment you know how with not going over the line that you will turn your clock forward tonight and you'll be at church tomorrow. Would you do that? All right. It's been a fantastic day. We want to say thanks to all of our presenters. Would you put your hands together for all these dozens and dozens of gifted leaders? Hallelujah. Awesome. Thank you so much. Uh, if you have ideas for sessions in future years, please let us know. Presenters, uh, we'd love to hear that. We're just so thankful that all of you came today. I'm not going to keep you long, but I do feel like the Lord wants us to seal the things that we've experienced today. I loved, as so many of you did, the, the message that the Lord gave Melissa this morning. How powerful was that? How meaningful that was individually to so many people. And she, she highlighted for us those difficult seasons, especially individually, but also corporately. And there are those seasons for sure. As you read in the New Testament, 
there were just so many ups and downs and highs and lows. And so if that's how you feel sometimes ministry is uh, at your local church or what you're trying to do individually, you're in good company. There's victories that God gives us that we don't deserve, and they just blow us away. And there's also valleys we have to walk through. And until Jesus comes, that's, that's what we expect. But we know, just like you see a few uh, minutes down the road at the Ohio Stadium, there are players who have bad days. Uh, that's the day they got injured. That's the day they got a cramp and had to, had to step off the sideline. But the team still won, right? That team always wins, right? So we understand that God is moving us forward, and he, he is moving us according to his spirit to accomplish his purposes. And I want to talk in these closing moments about being positioned for his purpose. Being positioned for his purpose. Uh, from the last century, there was a Methodist minister named William Arthur Ward, and he said, the pessimist complains about the wind, the optimist expects it to change, but the realist adjusts the sails. The pessimist complains about the wind, the, the optimist just hopes and expects, but the realists, they adjust the sails. I don't know a lot, but I know a little about sailing. Probably when I was 18, I had an above average understanding of sailing because my father bought a sailboat, and that's what he liked to do. He took us kids sailing on Seneca Lake, right? You know Seneca Lake, best lake in Ohio? <laughs> and uh, we, we went sailing a lot, and my favorite time in the boat was when we got the sails adjusted just right, and the, the boat, some of you have done this, right? It starts to lean. You're going so fast, relatively speaking. The sails are full. I mean, they are tight, and it starts to lift the boat from being level to on its side, and, and that's when you start cutting into the water, and it's pretty fun. It's pretty exhilarating. Of course, the bigger the boat and the bigger the sail, I'm sure, even more, but it was always too much from my mother. She just did not like that, and she would yell at my dad and say, Bob, Bob, back down, back down, back down. And none of us kids wanted to hear that because that meant we'd go slow again. We, we loved it when we were going right where we needed to be because the ropes and the sails and, and the, the nose was adjusted just right. So, too, in the body of Christ, we need to be positioned for his purpose. The winds, capture this, the, the winds of God's unstoppable, victorious plans flow through vessels positioned for his purpose. God's plans are unstoppable. Does anybody here doubt that? God's plans are victorious. No one doubts that. And those winds are flowing, but they're flowing through the vessels that are positioned for his purpose. Think about that for a second. I, I saw a video over the weekend. I mentioned that book a few moments ago. It's a new series by Robert Morris. And on the video, he was talking about the financial part. And I love this because it's true, and it's true in the spiritual realm as well. He said, God has unlimited resources and he is, going to, he is going to send those blessings and those resources and the provision. Nothing is going to stop God from sending mounds and multitudes of resources where it needs to go so that the gospel can go forward. Nothing is going to stop God's plans. Now, the question for you and me is are we positioning our vessel to be the vessel through which those resources, those abundant resources, those endless resources can flow. 
Or have we, for whatever reason, positioned ourselves in, in such a way that God's resources are going to flow somewhere else? Because nothing is going to stop them from flowing. The question is, are you and I going to be positioned? Are our ministries, our, our churches here in Ohio, are we going to be positioned for the blessings and the power and the activity of God, and the redemption of our Savior, and the financial resource, are we going to be positioned as vessels through which he can flow because we're positioned for his purpose? Now, imagine with me for a second. This is, uh, I'm taking a stretch here with Scripture. But imagine if the familiar verses that you've read about in the New Testament, of course, Acts uh, is full of great stories of, of the apostles being positioned for the supernatural. But imagine if what we read about in Acts 2 and 4 and 6 was not about Jerusalem or Judea. Imagine if it was about Ohio. Acts 2. Imagine if this is what was said. Everyone in Ohio was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the followers of Jesus. And the Lord added to their numbers daily those who were being saved. Could that be said about Ohio? (coughs) Imagine Acts chapter 4. With great power, Ohio church leaders continue to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And God's grace was so powerfully at work in them, all that were there, all that were there, all that there were, (laughs) I'll try it one more time. So powerfully at work in them, all, that there were no needy persons among them. Do you believe that could happen? Could that be said about your city? Could that be said about your town? What about Acts chapter 6? The number of disciples in Ohio increased rapidly. Somebody say, praise the Lord. And I love this. And many leaders of other faiths became obedient to the Christian faith. Let it be, Lord, here in Ohio. So if the winds, if the winds of God's unstoppable, unstoppable, victorious plans flow through vessels that are positioned for his purpose... How do you and I become properly positioned? That's a great question, and and there are many answers to that. I want to make sure you as leaders, I mean, when I look out and see this room, the potential that I see here is incredible. It certainly fills me with awe and anticipation. At OhioForJesus.com, we have have brought people up to speed, hopefully. Hopefully you've seen it. If not, please check it out. What God has been doing, the stories around Ohio, how God is knitting our hearts together. And one of those key pieces was a prophecy, a prophetic word several years ago that hundreds of our ministers uh, took part in, and and it said, I'm unifying you for what's about to come. And I won't read the whole thing. You can read it for yourself. But he's unifying us for what's about to come. He has been positioning us. We've been listening. We've been trying to listen. What is the Holy Spirit saying? And and part of what he's saying is is he is unifying us for what's about to come. He's getting us ready. He's getting us on the same page. And, and where you and I see plenty of evidence where churches or groups or Christians and other parts have a hard time getting together, God is unifying the hearts of Ohio for what's about to come. So to be properly positioned, we all know you need a good foundation. <clears throat> Everybody who's going to be positioned needs a good foundation. And that's why we exist in the Assemblies of God. Our foundation, all of our ministers should know this, any, any church, any minister, part of this movement understands that why we exist is for evangelism, for worship, 
for discipleship and for compassion. That's our foundation. That's why we even exist as churches and ministers. And our mission here in Ohio, taking and building upon that, is developing leaders to multiply disciples of Jesus by the Spirit's power. It's good for us to know our foundation. As we're trying to be positioned for his purpose, we must know our foundation. We must never deviate from the foundation upon which our faith has been built. But to be properly positioned, we also need to see where we're going. We have to have a good foundation, but we've got to see ahead. And so already, and perhaps some of you uh, soon will be discovering, our 10-year strategic plan that's been fashioned around four drivers. And you'll be hearing this over and over again. Four, four purposes that just consume us. And the first one is church health. And we define that not so much in statistics as much we do people in our churches having a hunger for the things of God, things of the Holy Spirit, and being disciples who make disciples, healthy churches, leader development, church multiplication, and missions partnership. These are our four drivers. So what do we see? Well, we're asking the Spirit, and we're asking all of our leaders around Ohio to listen to what heaven is saying to us. For the next 10 years, what is God asking us to believe him for in our individual communities, in our zip codes, in our school districts? In our 10-year strategic plan for church health, which starts next year, January 2020 through 2030, this is really important for all of us to capture this. Everybody in this room needs to be an excellent spokesperson to the people in your church about this. Church health, seeking the spirit. That's what we see in the New Testament. Healthy churches had people full of the Holy Spirit. It was normal in spirit-filled churches for people to be expecting the things of God. We want that to be normal in Ohio that Christians receive the baptism. In fact, the people we've been learning from recently in Tanzania, more than 90% of the people in their churches are baptized with the Holy Spirit. You get saved, you're getting baptized in the Holy Spirit. You're going to do what Jesus said. You're going to be full of power so you can go out and share and invite, which is the next. Share your story and invite people to accept Jesus Christ as Savior and to make disciples, see disciples added to the church. That, for us, is church health. But we also see a strategic plan in terms of leader development. This room here today, we've got to grab it more than anybody else, that you and I feel this burden and this gifting, we've been positioned to reproduce ourselves. If pastors, it starts with us. Every pastor, I don't know one pastor in the state of Ohio who would stand up or talk to me and say, I don't plan on reproducing myself one time over the next 10 years. No pastor would say that, right? But because we never articulate it, we need to flip that on its head and say, okay, well, how many are we going to? What is God saying to us? What is the Holy Spirit preparing the hearts of pastors to believe that over the next 10 years, God would enable you to, to be having the eyes of the Spirit and connect and raise up one person? Two, three, we have some pastors who are saying, God is telling me, I'm hearing the Spirit say, I should expect and prepare to reproduce myself three times, five times, even ten times over the next ten years. And as pastors reproduce themselves, then deacons, we don't talk about that very much, but board members and deacons, do we expect of ourselves that we are going to reproduce ourselves? 
that we look out in the church and we're, we're looking by the eyes of the Spirit to see who can I reproduce myself in, who can I invest in. So when our church gets ready to plant a church, there's already some deacons who are ready to go and help that church. Deacons and, and girls leaders and boys leaders and men's, all of us as leaders, it's what we see in the New Testament, disciples making disciples, leaders reproducing leaders. We're positioning ourselves, and we're not going to be satisfied until it has taken over the culture of Ohio that leaders reproduce themselves, not by might, not by my power, but by the Holy Spirit of God. He will help everybody in this room to be a leader reproducing dynamo for the kingdom of God if we're going to reach Ohio for Jesus, and it's going to happen. Recruiting and training caring and coaching. So it's not about numbers, but we care for these people that we're reproducing. We coach them and mentor them, and ultimately we multiply and mobilize. We don't just raise them up, but we help them to find their spot because we care so much, and we're working by the Holy Spirit to mobilize them to help them find their sweet spot as a leader. But we have a 10-year strategic plan for church multiplication as well. Every church planting another church. Every church engaging the community. We can see churches planting churches, churches that have never planted a church before over the next 10 years being able to plant your very first church. If we all start praying, if we all start working together, it's going to happen. And then a 10-year strategic plan for missions that we can see education and inspiration so more of our people understand the heart of our God to reach the lost around the world and right here at home, to recruit and raise up missionaries out of our own churches, to involve our people in missions experiences here at home and across the oceans, and to give and pray as never before, to, to send out BGMC and Speed the Light and other dollars and resources so the gospel goes forward. We have to position ourselves to be able to see. But as I close today, it's not just about the foundation, and it's not just about seeing. That's very important. But as I began, it's important that we adjust. To be properly positioned, I need to adjust. You need to adjust. We've all got to be tuned into the Holy Spirit and willing to make adjustments so we're positioned for the provision that God wants to flow through you and me. And that's where we come to our values. This is where we sense a need to change, that there would be a culture developed and cultivated here in Ohio, a culture of desperation, a culture of honor, a culture of excellence, and a culture of communication. All of these, there's, there's a mountain to climb to get where we need to be, but why do, we, why do we want a culture of desperation? That sounds kind of negative. That sounds kind of broken. Well, it's justified because Ohio is broken. And we believe God is calling us, yes, to have passion. And yes, to have zeal. But to do it with repentance. To do it with an acknowledgement, Lord, we, your children, have been asleep at the wheel in too many cases. And how do we know this? Because if we would humble ourselves... And if we would turn from our wicked ways, and if we would pray, and if we would seek your face, you said you would heal our land. Our land needs healing. So either God's asleep at the wheel, or I am. God's asleep, or you are. 
I think we know, <laughs> I think you know what needs to adjust. Lord, help us. And maybe 10 years from now, we'll have a different culture. We'll have a culture of celebration and joy because every single last person in Ohio has found their way to the foot of the cross. But until then, until then, it's time for you and I to take this thing seriously and say, Lord, we repent. Lord, move among us. Lord, Lord, let us seek your kingdom first above everything else, a culture of desperation. In response to staggering brokenness all around us, we value a relentless pursuit of God's presence and power via repentance and prayer and fasting, spirit baptism, scriptural purity, and holy living. That alone, if that's the culture in our churches, game over. Ohio belongs to Jesus. Desperate, desperate, falling on our knees because God is not a man that he should lie. A culture of honor as an outflow of our love for God. We value scripture's mandate to esteem, include, and serve each other with honor, especially spiritual leaders, especially minorities, especially the marginalized or suffering. Well, you can see this in many places here in Ohio and especially overseas, a culture of honor where there's so much love and service and acknowledgement of the needs and, and the need to support and lift each other up in prayer. A culture of excellence. You can call this intentional obedience. Maximizing the effectiveness and authenticity of the church, we value modeling a lifestyle and ministry approach marked by biblical intentionality, transparency, and stewardship. A culture of excellence where we don't put up any longer with, with just the status quo or, or just getting by, but we lead the way and say this is how the people of Jesus proactively involve themselves and engage intentionally. And a value of communication. As Great Commission partners, we value the strategic networking of personnel and resources to communicate the gospel while modeling New Testament patterns of teaching and dialogue. I have a question for you. If, uh, if you're an Assemblies of God church, you're represented here today, pastor or someone else, and you're at least a 10-year-old church or older, and if you haven't yet received one of these Ohio for Jesus grants that I was talking about a few moments ago, uh, if that's you, and if your website you would just acknowledge is needs some help because you're not communicating in a very key way that you need to reach your community. If that's you, would you would you mind coming up and, and giving me a high five real quick? I just want to talk to you for a second. Anybody here that fits you? Your church is 10 years or older, and uh, you haven't won one of these grants yet this year, and, and your website really needs some help because it's failing to uh, get the gospel out there. You don't even need to come up here, Lloyd. I recognize you. Lloyd's the first one here. And so, Lloyd, we're going to give you an Ohio for Jesus grant that all your friends here have made possible. We're going to send Greg Mooney your way, and he's going to give you a website package. He's going to create your website for you. He's going to monitor it. He's going to put videos on it, verses of the day, and, and monitor the demographics so that your website can reach your community in a much greater way than it currently is. Because communication is so valuable. So here's, here's how we end. There are verses, I'll skip over all those. All those verses I said earlier about Acts 2 and Acts 4 and 6 and others, you know that. That's what they did. There was a culture of passionate prayer 
Every time there was an obstacle, man, they fell on their knees, and God provided. There was a culture of honor that was prevalent in the New Testament. There was a culture of excellence going above and beyond to make sure they were doing their very best as unto the Lord, and a culture of communication where over and over again, I love it, it's almost like clockwork, as soon as they're told by the authorities, quit preaching in Jesus' name, next verse, we're going to preach in Jesus' name. That's what they did. They kept communicating the gospel. That's the culture we, we together want to create in Ohio. If we have that kind of culture, we're going to see our churches expand and explode. We're going to see leaders raise up leaders. We're going to see the impossible. We're going to see bars begin to close. We're going to see drug wards uh, on hospitals need to maybe relocate somewhere else because we don't need to heal that many people because they've been healed by Jesus. So, so that all sounds good, but what about you, right? What about your circumstances? What about the season that you're in right now? This sounds good. I've been to conferences before. But it always seems to go somewhere else. It always seems to happen somewhere that I read about on the Internet, but never our zip code. What about our history? What about my own history? What about my schedule? What about the demands I have? What about my insecurities? What about my weaknesses? What about all my limitations? I mean, I'm looking, and just so you know what we're talking about, I'm looking at people today who maybe don't know it or maybe have been suspecting it, and you just need somebody to say it. You, many in this room, you're going to become pastors, and you're going to become church planters. And Wait, I'm a salesman. Wait, I, I work at the hospital. What do you mean? Yes, God is placing his anointing on you. He's, gonna, he's going to confirm. He's going to position you. And a year from now, you're going to come up and say, hey, you remember last year? I thought you were crazy. It's happening all over Ohio. He's going to call you to be a missionary. And some of you, he's going to keep right where you are in the marketplace. But God is speaking by his spirit, if we'll listen, so we can position ourselves. So, yes, I've got limitations. Yes, you've got limitations. But I love what I heard this week in Dallas from a pastor in England who had lots, lots of limitations. I won't go into all that. But here's what he said, and I believe it's a word for you here today. In the balcony on the main floor, God, think about this, God knew your limitations before you knew his expectations. That didn't stop him. He knew you had limitations. He knew it long before you did. But God knew your limitations before you were aware of his expectations. Secondly, God won't lower his expectations because of our limitations. He's not going to do that. So think about it. God's only limitation is my expectation. That's it. I mean, you've heard it this way. In other words, without God, we can't, but without us, he won't. So God's only limitation is my expectation. Am I going to position myself so he can flow through me, or am I going to close myself off and let him flow through someone else? That's the question. God wants to move. His only limitation is my expectation. So, in conclusion, God's expectation should be my, God's own, excuse me, God's expectation should be our inspiration, 
I'd rather focus on what God thinks than on what I see, on what I think, on the limits I want to put on myself. God's expectation should be our inspiration. With God, all things are possible. If God believes that this entire state, and I believe that he does, if God believes that you and I should see the people strung out on drugs, the people struggling with suicide and anxiety, if God believes that the people whose marriage never seems to get together, if God believes that the orphans and the if God believes that all those people, even the atheists who seem to be fighting against him with such courage and, and bravery, if God believes all of those people should not only hear the gospel, that they should not only accept Jesus Christ and the forgiveness that he offers, but like you and like me who had the same story 10 years ago and 30 years ago, all those people should become ministers of the gospel of Jesus Christ, then why would we lower our expectations when that is God's expectation and his promise? We need to see Ohio as 11 million people who are evangelists in waiting because God can take all that pain and he can take all that history and he can take all that misery and that worry and he can turn it around and then those stories, 11 million of them, will be used for his glory and we can save Indiana and we can save West Virginia and if there's still time, we can work on Michigan, but that's later. We can be used by God to change this world for Jesus Christ if we will see what he sees, if we will position ourselves on our foundation, if we'll look down the road to the future and see with clarity the vision and then be willing to adjust. God, I hear what your spirit is saying. I know what my traditions are. I know what my expectations have been. I know what normal has been, but I don't want to be there. I want to be ready to adjust so I am positioned for his purpose. If you believe that today, would you stand all across this auditorium as we conclude in prayer? I'm going to ask you now, as a step of faith, to adjust yourself, and maybe this isn't normal, but I want you to get up all the faith that you have in you right now, and I want you to pick one person, hopefully it's somebody you know, if you don't, that's fine, but maybe on your right or your left, somebody close by, they need the anointing of God, that man, that woman, this person, we need to adjust so we hear and get ready for what the Spirit is doing. And part of that is reproducing ourselves. Would you pray a reproducing anointing on your friend today? Whether they're a girl's leader or a media technician, whether they're a deacon or a pastor or a youth leader, pray a reproduction anointing all over them that God would equip them to reproduce themselves. And the good fruit that he's placed inside of them would begin to grow and expand. Oh, God, move in this audience today. Position us, oh God, by your spirit for how you're moving. Oh, Father, make us reproducing disciples, disciples who make disciples, who make disciples, who raise up pastors, who raise up leaders, who raise up deacons, who raise up teachers, who raise up anointed prayer warriors, Disciples who make disciples who make disciples. Grant, oh God, a spirit of reproduction across Ohio. Turn us on fire for the kingdom of God, we pray. I pray in Jesus' name that you raise up pastors who will reproduce pastors. Oh God, anoint our senior pastors with the belief 
with the fire, with the equipment to be able to see themselves reproduced over and over and over. Anoint our missionaries, oh God, to raise up more missionaries, to see that anointing spread. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Raise us up, oh God. Raise us up. Church planters, board members. Community leaders, raise us up, oh God. Help us to be reproduced by the Holy Spirit of God. Fill us with your spirit, we pray. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right. You've been a phenomenal audience. Thank you for participating all day long. Here we go. Hopefully you know how to do this. We're going to do it three times. You ready? Ohio for Jesus. You don't know how to do it. Ohio for Jesus, all things are possible. Ohio for Jesus, all things are Okay, here we go. That wasn't on video. Ohio for Jesus. Ohio for Jesus. Like you mean it. Ohio for Jesus. Hallelujah. God bless you. Have a safe trip home.